You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Performance dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Purina ProPlan, always advancing. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ducks Limit Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. Joining me today on the phone is Trey Reed, Arkansas Game and Fish Commission Assistant Chief of Communications. What's going on, Trey? Hey, Chris. Uh, good, uh, good to catch up with you, man. Awesome. And now, and you were you've been on the podcast before, so you're familiar with how you know how we do this. But you know, just as a reminder for some of our audience, it'd be cool if you just kind of introduce yourself, tell our audience what you do, uh, what your you know your day in day out operations for Arkansas Game and Fish and the communication side, which I think it's it's pretty cool, pretty cool story what you guys do over there. Um, but go ahead and do that, and just kind of tell us what you do and where you're at and all that. Yeah. So I am based out of our headquarters in Little Rock. That's the state capital of Arkansas. And You've got listeners uh, far flung. Uh, uh, you, you know that's the state capital, but others may not. But yeah, so our headquarters is in Little Rock. Uh, I work in the communications division. As you mentioned, I am assistant chief of communications. Uh, and, you know, what does that mean? That's the next question. So part of part of my job is, you know, doing things like this, uh, podcasts, working with the media, the, the, the local media uh, here in the Little Rock market or the Northwest Arkansas market. Um, and, you know, you know, just getting the word out about things we're doing at the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. Now, sort of the other half of my job, in addition to doing radio and TV appearances and media interviews, uh, is uh, overseeing video production. So I have a, a staff that uh, works with me to uh, produce video content for the agency, whether that's something in-house, uh, you know, a, a message from our director to the employees or, or our, you know, public-facing stuff videos uh, about waterfowl hunting, about duck hunting, about partnerships with Ducks Unlimited, uh, about uh, uh, stream bank uh, restorations that we may be doing in our fisheries division to improve water quality and fishing. Uh, so, a lot, obviously, Chris, lots and lots of things that the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission is doing. Uh, I know we, we want to focus on waterfowl and ducks on the on the DU podcast here, but uh, it, it is there is never a boring day because, uh, you know, that that's one of the things I enjoy so much about my job is, you know, uh, I'm a passionate waterfowl hunter myself. So I love doing this podcast with you, but we get to meet with so many different staff members, meet with so many people from the public and talk about there's so many different great conservation projects and work that the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission is doing. And so uh, I get to go out and and spread the good word about that in a nutshell. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, you know, we are pretty much waterfowl folks. Focused, I would say on this podcast, very much so, uh, to be in fact. But you know, I think it's cool that you know you guys get you know you're also you, it's Arkansas, so you guys are pretty waterfowl focused. But you also get to do you know like you said some cool stuff on the fisheries side. You're probably you know and Arkansas fisheries you know ranges quite a bit. I mean, you've got great trout fisheries. You've got you know great largemouth. You know great panfish. You know you guys have some a very wide variety of options for outdoorsmen. So that's cool. 
Yeah, you know, Chris, that's one of the things I, I think for, for listeners who, who may not be, you know, Mid-South or, or as familiar with Arkansas. I know y'all's headquarters is in Memphis. Uh, so a lot of the folks there know what's going on in Arkansas, but we're geographically diverse. I mean, you know, we're obviously famous for our duck hunting and that's, you know, for the most part, the, the Delta is sort of the epicenter of that, the eastern third of the state. But we've got the Ozark and Washita uplands. We've got, you know, the Gulf Coastal Plain. We've got that funky uh, Crowley's Ridge that's like running right down through the middle uh, of the Delta. If you've ever driven to Little Rock from Memphis, you've uh, crossed that at Forest City on Interstate 40. But so anyway, the point of that is there's like Arkansas is geographically diverse. And so there's a lot of different things going on. You mentioned the trout and largemouth and catfish and and all this other stuff. And then so so there's a, a, a lot to talk about and a lot going on. It, it uh, There's never a boring day at the office. I bet. I bet. That's awesome. And I did. You noted it out. But when I was talking about fishing, I forgot catfish. That should be like a slap on the wrist for Arkansas um, <laughs> because I forgot to mention catfish. So I'm glad you did that. Well, you know what? Let's get into, you know, what we're here, you know, our waterfowl focus. And, you know, I think it's really unique that Arkansas draws so many hunters from even all over the country. I mean, you guys have been, you know, the the shining spot of waterfowl hunting for so long, you know, the, this, the heritage and history and traditions. Um, it is, while you'd say it is regional, it, you know, our audience is broad and, you know, all across North America. But I think when we talk about Arkansas, I think most of our audience understands that this is, this is uh, a very important winter migration, you know, everything for waterfowl as far as uh, waterfowl habitat and waterfowl hunters. So, you know, we'll get into that conversation. And, and and I just wanted you to kind of give us an overview of, you know, waterfowl season started in Arkansas, what, I think it was November 18th this year, I believe, right around that, that weekend before Thanksgiving. Um, but if you can just kind of just give us an overview of how it started, you know, what the habitat's looking like now from then, and what, what could be needed to potentially improve the habitat over there. Yeah, so uh, as you noted, we started November 18th, uh, and it's a very short first segment of the season. Uh, for, for those that aren't familiar, Arkansas has a three-segment season with two splits. Uh, as we're recording this, I guess now it's the, technically the second week of December, uh, we just opened our second season, uh, December 9th, and so uh, we're just a couple of days, three days now into the second season as we're recording this, but you know, the, the the first segment of the season, much like it normally is, it, it's dry, but I would say even drier than normal. Now, when, when we opened the season on November 18th, I would have to go back and look at, you know, the University of Nebraska puts out the, the drought monitor map. But, I mean, after, even after the first season, Chris, we, we were still in uh, some form of drought and or abnormally dry a, Cross basically the the southeastern two thirds of the state. Basically everything except for that northwest Arkansas. You know the 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 Ozark uh, Highlands was in some form of drought. Well, I mean, you know, your listeners know that we call them waterfowl for a reason, and so um, you know, there's the, the conditions were not optimal. I guess would 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 be a nice way of of putting it. Now, don't get me wrong, there were. 
some places that that, that add water, uh, mostly on private lands that manage for for some early water. Uh, you know, uh, ag lands uh, with, with the ability to, to to pump fields up and that sort of thing. And so, you know, I've talked to some some folks that hunted uh, in that first segment of the season that, that did okay. I mean, they had some some good hunts, but you know, to be quite honest with you, we we still need more water. Now we got some rain over, I believe it was this last Friday night, right before the season reopened on Saturday. Uh, and so we've had a little bit of rain here and there, but they're those kind of rains that are like, you know, we're getting a half inch. Uh, we got a, like a one to two inch rain a couple of weeks ago, like right after the first segment ended. And that, and that helped. And I don't, I don't want to like, you know, kind of sound pessimistic because conditions are most definitely better than they were when the season opened on November 18th. Uh, as we're talking this morning, gosh, it was in the it was in the mid to upper twenties when I got in my truck to come to work this morning. So we've got some of that cold weather, but you know, honestly, we 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 need a lot more rain. As I mentioned, we were in drought conditions, and so a lot of some of this rain that we've had, I mean, it's soaking up. You're not getting a tremendous amount of runoff into those systems like the St. Francis, the 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 Black River, the Cache River, the the White River is is the big one. So you know, we don't have a lot of, there's not a lot of bottomland hardwoods that are flooding, that type of habitat, unless it's managed water. You know, we we have intentionally over the last number of years delayed when we're catching water on our public lands, our game and fish wildlife management areas, our green tree reservoirs. That's something you and I talked about last year. That's not going to change. We know that the trees are, are not uh, dormant as early as we used to think they were uh, or with some kind of warmer conditions in the fall that we've been seeing for a number of years now. We don't want to harm the trees. And there has been some damage done to some of our bottomland hardwoods over, over the last 50 to 70 years of managing them the same way before the science kind of caught up to what we were doing. So so, so therefore, there's not been a lot of water on the landscape. You combine that with, with the, uh, as dry as it's been, and, and it was not the greatest conditions for the first segment of duck season. Uh, now, that said, things have changed. Uh, we have gotten some rain, but we need more rain. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of the long and short of it. But, you know, Chris, the, the, the thing about it is this is a pattern that is pretty typical and is, and is pretty known to Arkansas, people who duck hunt in Arkansas, right? I mean, you mentioned people coming from all over the country. Well, I tell folks if they want to plan a trip, start looking at, you know, mid-December mid to mid-January is really going to be the prime hunting waterfowl, the prime duck hunting in Arkansas, especially if you're looking for that flooded green timber experience, because it's about, you know, uh, September and October are typically dry. We start to get some rain in November and we get it more so, but, you know, about, about second, third week of December, we start getting some pretty consistent patterns of rain and that's when things change. That's when the ducks show up and that's when duck hunting gets really good in Arkansas. Yeah. And I think, you know, for people who, who spend time in Arkansas and talk to even Arkansas residents who hunt, you know, I talk to a lot of, a lot of people who live in Arkansas and it's funny because most of them, 
like they're not even thinking duck season when the duck when duck season opens. They're like, yeah, we'll kind of get to that after Christmas because I think that historically, like you said, you know, the state typically doesn't get enough water to put those traditional green timber reservoirs into play until, like you said, middle to late December into January. And it's just, you know, most of those guys that I know are deer hunting and doing everything else, and they're like, yeah, no, I mean. I- Absolutely. I mean, I, I think, uh, I mean, I know a lot of guys that will, they'll deer hunt until about right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, then they'll, then they'll get their stamps or, or, you know, or if they haven't already gotten them at the start of the season, you know, uh, but uh, Chris, I'm, I'll let you in on a dirty little secret. Uh, and then I don't do this often, but, but I skipped the entire first segment of duck season <laughs> to go, uh, tropical saltwater flats fishing. Okay. Nice. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, and I, I mean, I bring that up I jokingly, but it's like, you know, some people, and I, mean, I, I am first and foremost a passionate duck hunter. I, I, uh, I, I don't deer hunt as much anymore, but I mean, I've been duck hunting. I started very young, like four or five years old. So I've been duck hunting almost 50 years in Arkansas now, okay? I mean, now I was mostly just accompanying uh, my dad and, and playing with shotgun holes in the bottom of the boat or the blind back in those early days. But, you know, people look at you like, dude, what are you doing? Missing the first week of duck season. And I mean, I primarily hunt public land. Biomeda is my, that's like kind of my go-to spot. I mean, there's really no reason for me to get too excited or on the flip side of that upset about the dearth of ducks or water in, in November. Yeah. December is when it happens, man. So, I mean, it's no big, it's no sweat off of my back. It's no, I don't feel like I'm missing anything to go fishing during the opening week of duck season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I hunted that opening weekend at our place and we have a, um, some, some water that's, that's pumped, you know, fields, ag fields, uh, rice fields. And, and we did pretty well, but I mean, of all the ducks that we shot, we saw one mallard, you know, the reality is that, you know, and that's what most people are shooting. And I know a lot of, um, Arkansas, you know, local hunters are very mallard driven. So they're just not motivated to go and chase some of these other species. Yeah. No, I mean, and of course, you know, you'll hear people talk about the, the Halloween mallards mm-hmm. and, you know, these ducks that are showing up in late October or early November. And don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't mean to suggest that there aren't mallards in Arkansas because, because there are. Oh yeah. Uh, but you know, there are some birds that are, that, that for whatever reason, they're hardwired to leave the, leave the prairies, leave, you know, leave the, the, the more Northern areas of the country in Canada a little bit earlier, they just, okay, you know, we talk about these drivers of migration and and there are many, but I mean, you you know, water is a huge influence. Everybody talks about cold weather, but we know from, from our waterfowl surveys that we conduct multiple times during the wintering period in Arkansas and and some other research we've done, it's, it's water, man. It's water more so than it Mm -hmm. is the cold weather. Right. So, but we also know that, you know, one thing that never changes or is consistent from year to year, it changes constantly. It's the photo period. It's the amount of sunlight we have. So, like once we pass the equinox, the the autumnal equinox in in September, and those days start getting shorter, there are some of those ducks that are going to be triggered by that and say it's time to go right, and they're going to come to Arkansas. You know, they may make a nonstop fly without making any detours, but. I, I say all that to say that when we really get those other drivers like the, the 
the, the, the rainfall and the flooding in the bottoms and, and your ag fields filling up with sheet water and, and those cold fronts and, and the snow and ice and more northern latitudes, that's when things really start to get yeah. good. And that's, that's, that's coming. That's yeah, coming. it's early. I mean, we were even hunting this weekend in a couple of, and, and we did okay on Saturday and didn't do very well on Sunday. And, and, uh, it was just kind of one of those deals where it's like, you know, we're kind of a little bit frustrated with it, but then we're like, man, it is still so early. Like, let's not, let's not get too frustrated too early. You know, it's, it's uh, there's a lot, a lot of season to go. I know I get it. I mean, I can, when I was in my twenties and thirties, it's like, I want to be out there on opening day. Why are we not seeing ducks? But I mean, the older I get, it's kind of like, you know, probably like a lot of duck hunters. I mean, I still want to shoot ducks. I'm not nearly as mad at them as I used to be though. And I think like, uh, my, my, my patience has <laughs> uh, expanded somewhat as I've gotten older. And, and also just that realization of how we set expectations and that like it's really just now starting to get to be the good duck hunting in Arkansas. Yeah. And it's funny you say you took off that first week to go uh, fishing and uh, I did the same thing. I hunted the opening weekend and then took my family down to Louisiana for the week uh, to fish. So, you know, I missed that whole day. Nice. I had the first two days and then uh, basically went down to Louisiana for the, the next, uh, you know, four or five, six days after thanks, you know, in through Thanksgiving. So yeah, I kind of did the same thing. So I think maybe that's a, that's a theme people should maybe follow there. <laughs> well, you know, speaking, I want to throw this in before we move on, Chris, I would, you know, I was doing a radio show. Uh, I was down in Louisiana last, last week and I was doing a radio show that I do every Wednesday morning here. Any, even though I was off work, I just, you know, to kind of keep people updated on what's going on. I, I take live uh, questions from from callers and they have a text line or whatever. So this guy's like, well, what are you seeing in the way of ducks in Louisiana? And I think there's like, you know, I think they were expecting me to say, oh, they're everywhere down here. Man, I was shocked. I, and I haven't seen Louisiana's waterfowl counts and this is totally anecdotal, but I saw some birds. I saw some teal and some divers and things like that, but they've been in a wicked, nasty drought down in central and southern Louisiana, way more so, even worse than like the, the 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 lower delta, like Arkansas and Mississippi, and you know parts of the Missouri Boot Hill and Tennessee. I mean, it's been dry around our neck of the woods, but it's been really dry down there. Of course, you've got the salt marshes that are always going to have water, and that's where I did see some birds. But they've, I mean, it's like there was a wildfire the day that that we rolled in last Monday. So, I mean, that's not the answer, everybody. If you think all the birds are in Louisiana, they aren't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, and they've been really dry. My buddies that hunt down there, even some of the guys that I fished with out in southeast Louisiana, you know, with the reports coming in, everything was so dry. You know, they were totally bummed out. And then now, granted, this doesn't relate to everyone, but a couple of these guys that I've talked to, they've done very well. They've had a great season. And I think it's very hit or miss down there. You know, they've got some birds. And I think the people who have them on some of their properties are are being very careful to not blow them out. You know, they're, they're managing some pressure They're Um, but, but a lot of guys down there are seem to be doing pretty well. So it, which surprised me now that's far South, that's coastal, you know, central and Northern Louisiana is a different story. I mean, they're dry as a bone. Um, hopefully they got some, uh, some rain out of that last front that came yeah, through. Yeah. There was some pretty good, pretty good system that came through over this past weekend, I guess. And uh, hopefully that, that, that I probably changed things for some folks in the Mississippi Delta, the Louisiana's portion of the Delta. 
felt and even down in southeast arkansas it was even even we we had some rain up here uh, more in the middle and, and northern delta of, of arkansas but the southeastern part of the state was they were still struggling uh until this most recent system came through but you know again i mean like we said it's uh that's i don't know we talk about this every year curtis but it's like it, i think it bears repeating and reminding folks that this is kind of how the pattern works in the delta in the you know in the in the in the southern uh you know mid, mid to southern latitudes it's, it's sort of what we get every year it's not it's not unusual yeah and and it typically happens you know we used to have luke naylor on uh, who's now your chief of wildlife for arkansas game and fish commission i think that's his title um you know he would talk about that too when that's all we would discuss basically is this you know the traditional time frame to hunt really you know people are talking about opening day this and that and that and he would always stress that this is you know how it works almost every year and so that mid to late december you guys will get a big storm a big rain and next thing you know the lines at the uh the boat ramps along the the white cash <laughs> uh, by Amita, those those boat ramp lines start stacking up yeah yeah that's uh that's that's how it works uh but uh you know let, let, look let's just hope we get some more rain and uh and get some more birds around but i'm not uh you know like i said it's it's early i'm i'm ready to uh i've got my fishing out of the way uh, on the personal level now and i'm i'm ready for rain i'm ready for cold i'm ready to go sit in the duck blind <laughs> awesome well you know speaking of duck blinds i just wanted you to kind of provide and we've talked about this before but only in passing uh the w rice program that arkansas game and fish commission puts on i mean it's a great program it's it's available can you kind of explain what that program is and and we can kind of talk about that yeah w rice is 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 really an awesome program it's it's an acronym you know how we love an acronym in government but it stands for uh mm -hmm. waterfowl rice incentive conservation enhancement w-r-i-c-e and so essentially the, the way it started i mean and, and again i mean i, I I want to be careful, Chris, because I don't want to say too little, but I don't want to say too much and bore your listeners who already know a lot of this. I mean, I know you have a pretty uh, high degree of education among the waterfowlers that are listening to the DU podcast. But what we've noticed in Arkansas, and this is not exclusive to Arkansas, probably in other parts of the Delta, Louisiana and Mississippi, it's also happening. But obviously, you know, uh, harvesting equipment is much more efficient than it used to be. Rice varieties are maturing earlier. Uh, Guys, the farmers are getting their crops in and out uh, sooner. Uh, and so just in general terms, there's a lot less waste grain in the fields than there used to be. And this is all being scientific. There's all kinds of papers about this that, that uh, you, you know, it'll, you can look up to quantify just how much less food there is out there on the landscape for these mm -hmm. birds. Well, then you throw into that, we're noticing a lot of fall tillage. And I mean, you know, farmers that are, they're, they're getting the crop out. They're getting that field, you know, uh, turned over and ready to plant next spring. Well, once you turn that field over, boy, there's, there's, you know, even the the, the diminishing returns of waste grain that were out there. Now, now there's none, right? I mean, once it's under the dirt, yeah. a duck can't get to it. Doesn't matter if you get water on it with rainfall or it's flooded up. Whatever. It's, it's, yeah, there's a few bugs and what have you, but for the most part, the nutritional value that that could be there is not there anymore. So. W. Rice started really as a, as an incentive to farmers to uh, to, to to 
forego fall tillage to to implement you know certain like rolling the stubble or burning a patchy burn on the stubble certain conservation practices that we know through research leave more waste grain on the field right after after the harvest and and so it started that way and then we got into looking at well not only do we want to provide waterfowl habitat we want to you know create more places for ducks to go to you know what we call duck use days uh and but let's create mm-hmm. some opportunities for hunters. So essentially, this is an incentive program where the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission enters into a contract with a farmer, a private landowner, and there are various tiers. If that farmer uh, will implement some of the, like, you know, rolling the stubble or Apache burn in the stubble, that's like one level. Uh, and then put a certain amount of water at a certain date, uh, that's, a, that's another level. Now, if that farmer will then allow uh, public access through a permitted process run by the Game and Fish Commission for weekend-only hunting, that he can actually increase his per-acre payment. So it's really, you know, we talk about win-win situations. This is a win-win-win. So you got three wins. So the farmer wins by, you know, getting cash money to, to implement a practice that's good for waterfowl. So the ducks win by, by creating habitat. And then the hunter wins by having this unique opportunity to hunt private land as a public duck hunter. And so it it really takes a lot Mm -hmm. of the burden off the farmer as well. He doesn't, you know, a lot of farmers, of course, lease their land to hunters, but he's leasing to the Game and Fish Commission. He's got one person to deal with and and not like, you know, you got a lease. Chris, you mentioned your lease. I don't know how many guys are in it. Let's say there's five Mm -hmm. or six guys. Everybody's got their own ideas, right, about how we need to, you know, roll the stubble or how we need to flood the water or how many fields we need to flood or you, you, you know, so you got the farmer he's got all these folks calling him, right? Well, I think he ought to do this. Well, I mean, it's all written down in the contract, right? It's like, this is when, this is how yeah. deep the water needs to be. This is when you need to have water on it. Uh, this is, you know, we handle, the Game and Fish Commission handles the permitting process. So look, if you wanted to uh, uh, have an opportunity to, and, and this is kind of the, the payoff part of it that people always want to hear about, uh, every week during duck season uh, from Thursday, I believe it's 3 p.m. Thursday till uh, 11.59 Sunday night. You can apply. We have a list at agfc.com slash wrice. Uh, you go in and you can see where these fields are. You can. We even have spreadsheets to show you how many people are applying every week. So you can kind of look and see. I may have a better chance of, of drawing a permit on one field as opposed to another. Uh, but Chris, this program started out like four or five years ago, and it was just a handful of fields. And we're up to, I want to say, around 6,000 acres of of managed rice fields now that are open to public hunting. Uh, And, you know, these fields vary in size from 80, 100-plus acres. And so, yeah, uh, you go in every week and you apply. You find out uh, uh, for the – you'll find out, like, on – I think we do Monday or Tuesday. We do – we send emails out. say, hey, you drew or you didn't draw. Uh, uh, We send you a map, GPS coordinates, all the rules. Some of the farmers allow you to use like a ATV or UTV, uh, but many don't. So, you know, we'll show you where the parking areas are, whether there's a blind. Our guy, our, our staff has gone out and brushed blinds before the season. So it is a, I mean, I can't, I can't stress enough what a great program this is. We're, we're doing good work to, to provide habitat for ducks. Uh, 
we are, uh, you, you know, a conservation practice that's good for waterfowl. It's good for the farmer's bottom line. And then ultimately, it's a hunting opportunity and, and a rare hunting opportunity uh, for a guy that, you know, for a $5 application fee on our website, if you're drawn, you get all day Saturday and all day Sunday this private field, rice field that's managed for waterfowl to yourself. I mean, it's really pretty cool. Stay tuned to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, sponsored by Purina Pro Plan, after these messages. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. And I think one thing you didn't mention, which, you know, I know a lot of people talk about the W Rice program because of this, it really opens the door early in the season when, like you, like we've discussed, there's not a lot of water in some of the public ground. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on some of that public ground at different times, especially early because of the limited access to water. And that's not just state properties. That's also national wildlife refuge areas the sure. and, the, and the white. But it takes the pressure off of some of those areas for people. And one thing I do want to also remember, especially for our audience, th- this is open for out-of-state hunters as well. No, absolutely. It, it's open to any anybody can uh, can apply for these, uh, and it is it is open to anybody in the public. It, it is, uh, and, and it does. It spreads things out, and and and, and Chris, these fields are spread out. One of the things we, one of the new uh, kind of aspects of W Rice this year is we spread it into some other parts of the state. Uh, it's largely just been in the Delta, and we, you know, we score. It's a very competitive process. We have a lot more fun farmers that would like to be in the program then 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 we have mm-hmm. funds you know to to uh to, to pay for it really right now uh and a lot of it, this is another great thing about it it's not yeah there are some state funds but a lot of this is federal matching grant money so there's uh, it's it is a very cost effective way to create waterfowl habitat and hunting opportunity at the same time. But we've expanded this uh, into like the Arkansas River Valley. Uh, some folks that might be familiar with say Ed Gordon Point Remove Wildlife Management Area, Frog Bio Wildlife Management Area. But these are uh, mm-hmm. that area in the, along the Arkansas River between uh, the Oklahoma border around Fort Smith all the way down to Little Rock. There are a handful of public areas around there. And, and we, we try to so one of the scoring components of when we select the, the landowners who are, who are part of W. Rice, we want it to be within 10 miles of a wildlife management area because we know that these big, yeah. complex wetland mosaics of habitat, you know, are, are, are good. They can kind of you know, put ducks in, in an area, right? I mean, they've got like maybe some moist soil areas over here uh, and then some flooded timber over here and then some ag land over here. So, you know, that complex of habitat is is, is what attracts ducks. And so that's one of our our, our, our scoring criteria for, for 
participation in the program, but we've expanded that to to be near some areas uh, in the Arkansas River Valley. So they're they're really, I mean, you know, if you're coming to Arkansas to duck hunt or if you live in Arkansas to duck hunt, there is probably one of these areas, these W Rice uh, uh, permitted fields that's not far from from where you want to hunt. Yeah, and and this is just a question I'm curious of. Now you mentioned you guys post the spreadsheet to see how many people apply for these, um, but do you post? Uh, results sheets, kind of like some of the different, uh, you know, state managed areas throughout the country. Some of them have a tally that show who shot what on what day, yada, yada, yada. I don't believe we have anything posted on on that spreadsheet. It's more for folks to, you know, kind of look and see where they might have a better chance of drawing. But here's the thing. I mean, we we have a great staff here that would be glad to answer your questions. I mean, and there's contact information about the W. Rice program on that uh, website. I mentioned agsc.com slash W. Rice. So if you wanted to dig a little deeper, we'd be happy to answer questions about, you know, what the success has been and things like that. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know, I know duck hunters and I know if somebody's got, has drawn one of these fields and uh, probably done <laughs> pretty well, I'm sure that, uh, you know, m- most, at least savvy duck hunters uh, try and keep their mouth shut on that. And it may be uh, yeah, their secret to keep bag a little bit. That's huh? right. That's right. <laughs> if I know duck hunters, that's exactly what they're doing out there. So no, that's a cool program. I'm glad you got to describe that. It's a great opportunity for hunters. It's a great opportunity for farmers. Um, you know, it's just, it sounds like a great deal all across the board. Um, you know, before we get you out of here, and you kind of touched on this, but I, I kind of wanted to dig into a little bit more. You kind of got into the GTR and, you know, some of the changes that Arkansas Game and Fish Commission have made over the years. You know, just kind of explain, maybe in a little more detail, you know, why... Arkansas had to take a step back and look at these and, you know, Ducks Unlimited is in partnership with some of these, um, with, with this program. And so, you know, the Green Tree Reservoir, you know, let's just kind of discuss that and really explain to someone who may not, you know, be an Arkansas local that is familiar with these and what kind of habitats this is and what it provides for, you know, waterfowl throughout the season. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity to do so, Chris. I mean, because that's really when, you know, you kind of circling back to where we started the, the culture, the heritage of, of duck hunting in Arkansas. I mean, it's, it is huge. I mean, it is, uh, I mean, our director, Austin Booth, uh, talks about this frequently. I mean, in, in the outdoors in general, but I mean, it defines who we are as Arkansans. I mean, and when you talk, start to talk about duck hunting, man, it really, I mean, it, it's, it is part of who we are. I mean, the joke that, you know, we give our kids duck calls instead of pacifiers when they're babies, you know, I mean, and, and, and there's, there's, a, there's, you know, maybe not a, a literal truth uh, embedded in that, but I mean, it does speak to how important it is and what Arkansas is most famous for. I mean, we've been talking about rice fields. It's famous for that, but it's that flooded green timber, man. It's that, you know, it's that bottomland hardwood habitat that seasonally floods in the wintertime, this time of year, like we've been discussing, and it creates this you know, we all know uh, new water. I mean, ducks go to that stuff. And so when the woods flood, it's like, oh, it is just magical uh, for, for, for a while. Uh, and I guess we should probably start with like how, how we got there. So, so Arkansas has, uh, Mississippi has quite a bit of, of Delta. When we talk about Delta, Mississippi, Alluvial Valley, the, the floodplain of the Mississippi River. Uh, but, you know, Arkansas 
although we only have about 20% of the bottomland hardwood forest in the Delta that we had historically before European settlement, we're really a lot better off than, say, you know, Mississippi or Northeast Louisiana. We, uh, we have more of it left than really any other state in any of the, the Southern Delta states, okay? Uh, a lot of that is in public ownership. Uh, White River National Wildlife Refuge is basically a 160,000 acres of, of bottomland hardwood forest. Biomeda, 32,000 acres of bottomland hardwood. Dave Donaldson, Black River, WMA, the last two being state areas. Uh, that's up in northeastern Arkansas, the Black River, 20, 20 to 25,000 acres. So, you know, we're fortunate that a lot of, you know, there's a lot of private bottomland hardwood forest too, but a lot of this is publicly held. And, and that public land is, again, this is the remnants of what used to cover basically the eastern third of Arkansas, the entire delta for the most part. I mean, it had, it had oak trees on it. And, and, you know, much of this was cleared for, uh, for, for agriculture and, and what have you over the, over the, throughout the late 19th and through the 20th century. And so we've only got so much of it left. And, you know, back in the really dating back to the 1930s, uh, over in the Stuttgart area, uh, these were, you know, we started growing rice in the early 20th, early 20th century in, in eastern Arkansas. And rice is a very water intensive crop. And so in the 30s, some farmers in that Stuttgart area started experimenting and they, they would have these blocks of, of bottomland hardwood, low lying woods that they knew seasonally flooded, but it didn't, you know, they didn't really hold water. So, they built levees around it and they thought, okay, well, while we've got water in the wintertime or in the, in the spring, we'll hold on to that water and then we'll use it to, to irrigate our rice crop in, in the summertime. Well, a funny thing happened. They noticed, man, look at all the ducks flocking in there. You know, it's like, what's going on here? And, then, you know, they had seen this like with seasonal flooding of the wide and the cash and the black and the St. Francis and Biomeda itself. And, you know, some of these other some of these other streams in the eastern part of Arkansas. So they saw that they could they could basically manufacture this. They could make a and that is how the GTR, the Green Tree Reservoir, was was born. So as the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission started buying these areas in the you know, late forties and into the fifties and sixties and some even into the seventies and eighties, you know, we're like, okay, we created these green tree reservoirs to artificially replicate what Mother Nature historically did every every winter. And, you know, we'd get these rains that we talked about earlier in in, in early to mid December and, and the water pulses up and the woods flood and boy the ducks follow. And so we 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 did that and largely we did that knowing that we were creating habitat for waterfowl, which is a good thing, right? And and opportunities for hunters, which is also a good thing. But what we didn't know in the 50s and 60s and into the 70s that we have been learning over the last 10, 15, 20 years with research out of uh, Arkansas and Missouri and other places is that in many cases, we were getting water onto those trees way too early, like flooding them in October. They weren't dormant. We've got some ongoing research right now with the University of Arkansas at Monticello where we we can actually quantify when a not all oak becomes dormant in the wintertime. 
And it's much later than what we used to think it was in the 50s and 60s. And so you look at that, and then we started over the last 10, 15 years doing forest health assessments, and we saw some very troubling results of that in that many of our green tree reservoirs around the state, uh, the the forests were in declining health. Uh, We had dead trees or trees that were dying or trees that were sick that if we don't change some things will i mean a tree's like any life it it, it it's finite it's going to die at some point but we were sort of expediting the mortality probably by by i won't say mismanaging but we didn't know any better you know i mean 40 50 years ago we didn't know and the science has caught up and now that we've seen that i mean we know that we need to make some wholesale changes in the way we manage these areas. And it's not just a matter of, you know, everybody kind of focuses on, uh, you're not putting the boards in Biomeda until November 15th now, and the season starts on the 18th. Well, that's not time to catch any water. No, I mean, it's not, unless we got a six-inch rain on the on the 16th of November, then, then there'd be plenty of water. But 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 what we've got to do moving forward is be more adaptive. But it's not just a matter of when we catch the water. Really, what's even more important is how we get the water off of the areas at the end of the wintering period. You know, in February, uh, after the youth hunt, after you know the, the the photo period is shifting to where the ducks are triggered to go back to the breeding grounds, and so. What that is requiring, I mean, and this is, I mean, I can't stress enough, this is a Herculean task. I mean, it is, we have been studying the forest health for a number of years now. Over the past number of years, with with the help of of, of you know engineers and and folks at Ducks Unlimited, and with our own staff, we're looking at the hydrology of these areas and like what do we need to change? And 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 really, what we've seen, and I won't get into a lot of details because there's every area is different, right? The hydrology is different, the the acreage is different, the 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 mean sea level is different, the way these things flow, it's it's all different. So we can't paint with a broad brush. But what I what I can say more in more general terms is that our job as the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission is to sustainably manage our, our, our fish and wildlife resources and the habitats on, on which those resources rely. And we know that if we don't make some wholesale changes, we will not have, uh, at least to the quality and maybe not at all in some cases, those bottomland hardwood green tree reservoir resources that have made Arkansas famous, that have made ducks come here for millennia, that have, have sent duck hunters here for, for the past century plus, you know, and that's made Arkansas famous as the place to be for for you know, flooded green timber duck hunting. And so what we're doing is we are assessing, you know, the the, the levee systems in these areas. Uh, do we need every levee that we have? Uh, the, we built these things to hold water and keep water back. And we are now realizing that we need to manage these things to move water across the system in an effective and efficient manner, sure, we still want to hold some water, and Mother Nature still has a lot to do with that, right? But the the biggest thing is like, you know, when we built these areas largely in the 50s and 60s, we're trying to drain swimming pools with with a, with a water hose. You know, the, the water control structures, they, sure, they hold the water back, but 
they are not big enough to get it out of there in an efficient and effective way when it's time to get it out of there. You know, we're talking about levees that are built on a two-to-one slope right now. They need to be more like a 10-to-one slope, you know, so that they do get over top sometimes, right? And that's okay. It just moves the water to another part of the system, and it doesn't wash out your levees. You don't have to keep putting riprap on them to, you know, these, these, these pinch points where they tend to wash out. So, you know, I know I'm kind of getting down in the weeds and I know we're probably running a little bit long, but, but, you know, the, the key message is we are moving from a stopping holding water. We're still going to provide habitat for ducks and opportunity for hunters, but we are moving to how can we do that while still moving the water across the system more in the way that Mother Nature would have done it, where you have these pulses where it comes up and then it drops down, where you don't have three or four feet of water uh, on, on, on an oak tree at the same depth all season long for three months. And, and so that's really what we're moving to. And that's, I hope the message that, 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 that duck hunters receive, especially public land duck hunters is that we have to change the way we're managing these systems if we want to enjoy them into the future. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I, I, I know there's always some frustration out there and I know you guys do a great job of dealing with that. You know, when you open up some of these questions to the general public, um, there are some people who are who tend to be frustrated with some different management tactics and have their own opinions. But I think when the way that you described it in saying, you know, having these areas to hunt, you know, for the next five years is really nothing in comparison to being sure that they're around 75 years from now. And I think that's the message that we should and probably does resonate, especially with the Ducks Unlimited audience, which is a little bit more conservation-focused, I would say. Absolutely. They understand that, that you got to give a little bit to, you know, you're going to sacrifice something for the future. But I think, too, I mean, here, here's the challenge, is that because these areas have been managed the same way, essentially, since they were built, with, with some changes over the last, you know, eight to 10 years. I mean, and we, you know, we, we have made a concerted effort. I mean, there, when we first really kind of launched this initiative to say, Hey, we're going to change the way we manage green tree reservoirs in Arkansas, at least the ones we, we own. And we're going to encourage private landowners and, and, and many of those private landowners are already doing this, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're oh, yeah. working with the Mickey Heidmeyers of the world from, you know, retired from the university of Missouri. He's done a lot of research on this and, you know, you know, and folks like that, they're already doing it right. I mean, so I, I don't want to, it's just, on the public land, which is like, that's where you run into this like frustration because it's like, there's been this expectation that, okay, uh, well, and then 40, 50 years ago on October 15th or November 1st, or for the last number of years, November 15th, well, there's going to be water for me to go hunt. Yeah. Well, not necessarily moving forward, especially what we're learning about tree dormancy. But the other thing that people have, there has been this expectation that on public land, I will be able to go at a certain time and the water's going to be this depth and it's going to be that depth all year long. And that's, I mean, I, I know people, I don't want, I'm a public land duck hunter. I, I, I like predictability and I like, you know, I, I like to, I want to know that on December 27th, when we reopen from our Christmas split, that there will be water for me to hunt in Upper Valley, right? I would, I would love to be able to depend on that. But I think the, the the key is that we are not going to have the predictability. It's not going to be the same every year. That a lot of this we're we're still going to try to put water in the woods. Don't I mean? There, I think there's a perception, Chris, out there. Like we we just had like kind of some 
uh, some, some some feedback and pushback largely through social media channels uh, about some announcements we made related to Dave Donaldson Black River. Now, this is in no way deviates from what we've been talking about for the for a number of years, but it was like okay, we've finally gone in and done the assessments. We've looked at the hydrology and like now we're developing a plan that we will begin implementing within the next couple of years. And people heard that as you're going to do away with, with green tree reservoirs. You're not going to flood for, for ducks and duck hunters anymore. That That's just simply not true. We, we are, but we can't, we're, we're not going to flood it up to full pool on the first day of the season and, and keep it that way until the last day of the season. Now, if it rains 20 inches between November 15th and January 31st, we there's nothing we can do. There's going to be water there, right? And so uh, we, we have to adapt to the hand. You know, we got to play the cards that Mother Nature deals us. And, but we have to do it in a sustainable, long-term way that we are not causing damage to this resource that is so important to ducks, to duck hunters, and to, and to Arkansas, to, to what it means, you know, to, to come duck hunting in Arkansas. Yeah, absolutely. And like I mentioned, it's it's the long-term focus that should be taken into account. And, and also, you know, one thing I took from that that you were just talking is that um, I find it completely amazing that Arkansas Game and Fish and Mother Nature can't make everyone happy at the same time. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Well, might as well mix DU in there, too. I mean, I'm sure y'all make everybody happy every yeah. day, right? Yeah. We, we all do. <laughs> yeah. And so, in, you know, and that, I think that, like I mentioned with the DU audience, you know, being a little bit more of a conservation focus, I think that a lot of those people, and I know a lot of people who are very, very in tune and aware, and we've had full podcasts, you know, several, even several with Austin Booth, um, the commissioner that, you know, focused entirely on this conversation. And our audience can go back and listen to those. I think Dr. Mike Brazier did a two or three part series on that last year. And and it's all very interesting and, and you know, good information for people to know, not just, not just people who live and hunt in Arkansas, but, you know, people throughout the country who may find interest in just this management habitat kind of long-term view of, like you mentioned, you know, sustaining this tradition of Arkansas green timber hunting. So now this has been fantastic, Trey. And, you know, I think providing all of this information for our audience um, and anyone listening out there who's going to be hunting in Arkansas, it, it's all pretty valuable. So uh, the next thing you're going to have to do is send me an email with all the pins of the holes that you hunt in Biomita. And we'll go ahead and distribute that out to the mass audience. I tell you what, Chris, I I, I will do that, but it may take me a couple of days because uh, as, as, as you know, I, uh, we, we had some uh, issues connecting on the phone uh, because <laughs> my phone ended up in the saltwater marsh somewhere between Duloc and Cocodri, Louisiana last week. And uh, some of those pins are on there. But when I get the new phone uh, and we get everything, all the settings restored, uh, I, I got you taken care of. And I would love... I would love to uh, one of these uh, weekends or or even a weekday when you're over in Arkansas. Let me know and uh, let's let me, let me just show you some of these places. I'd love to love to get out in the flooded green timber with you. Absolutely, I I would I might have to take you up on that for sure. Well, Trey, this has been great. I'm sure our audience enjoyed it, and we'll have to get you back on maybe when uh, maybe when Arkansas gets a bunch of rain and the, the real chatter picks up. And like I said, the boat boat ramp lines get a little longer. We'll have to get you back on and just kind of talk about. <laughs> Talk about what the habitat looks well, like. 
It'll it'll be my pleasure, Chris, and I uh, really appreciate the opportunity to to talk about what we're doing at Arkansas Game and Fish, and and uh, you know what what waterfowl hunting, what duck hunting in particular means to the folks here in Arkansas. It's always a pleasure. Uh, good to catch up with you, and thank you again so much for the opportunity. I'd like to thank my guest, Trey Reed, the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission Assistant Comms Director, for coming on the DU Podcast and talking about all things Arkansas. I'd like to thank our producer, Chris Isaac, for putting the show together and getting it out to you. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us on DU Podcast and supporting wetlands conservation. Thank you for listening to the DU Podcast, sponsored by Purina Pro Plan, the official performance dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Purina Pro Plan, always advancing. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit ducks.org slash DU podcast. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.